0: Welcome to Off The Deck. I'm your host, Steve Carrera, and each episode, I sit down with a member of the water polo community to speak with them about what helped make them successful in the world of water polo. In this episode, I sat down with Ethan D'Amato, the head coach at Laguna Beach High School, also the technical director at SET Water Polo Club, and the head coach for the USA Women's Youth Water Polo Team. If you enjoy the episode, do me a favor, leave a five-star review or share it with your friends. And if you want to support the show, you can go to off the deck and donate to the program. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for joining me on another episode of off the deck. Uh, have the pleasure of being on the phone with, uh, the Laguna beach high school head girls, water polo coach, Ethan D'Amato, uh, Ethan, thanks a lot for being on the line, being on this episode.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Steve. I, I, uh, like I told you earlier, I'm i I'm a fan of the show and, um, Despite, despite what I look like, I, I like to run all the time, and, and this has become my, uh, my my one of my favorite things to listen to on, on run. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I mean, obviously, you have a really decorated background, and I mean, you know, the way I've always viewed you from from afar. I mean, obviously, we've been competitive against each other, but. The way i've always viewed you from afar is someone that i respect very much first and foremost but also that you really work hard at what you do you really work hard at your craft and obviously we'll we'll get into all of that but i think that's something that uh, needs to be set up front um you know you paid your dues you've been paying your dues and um you know you're getting all the, the credit you deserve so uh congratulations first and foremost on this past season uh you know winning cif um and as we get into this whole thing, I wanted to just start off by asking, how did you get involved coaching the sport of water polo?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, th- thank you for that, Steve. That's awesome. I mean, I, I think I start, um, I remember you just started at, at Northwood, you know, and, and built built that program. So I've got a ton of respect for you. You've built a number of programs and obviously I've, I've uh, been stealing some stuff from you, for you <laughs> over the years, but, but always like... Um, competing against you and, and being, you know, being a colleague. So, appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Uh, but, yeah, I, uh, you know, I I actually, I don't know if most people know this, but I played water polo at McGregor Beach High School, and um, I think it was, I kind of really remember it pretty clearly. I was, we lost a game, and we were on a bus ride, and my coaches were kind of calling people up to talk, and, and. I don't remember what we talked about specifically, but at some point, you know, one of the coaches said, you know, you're going to be a great coach one day, you know. It's like kind of the first time I ever, like, thought about coaching at all. Yeah. Um, I was a really big sports fan and, you know, really into basketball and baseball and watching ESPN all the time, and um, I feel like I considered myself kind of a smart player, so... Uh, Right around that time, I asked to volunteer at the local age group program, which was really small at the time, you know, at Laguna, Um, and, you know, volunteered through high school and started doing some um, summer camps while I was still playing, and eventually, you know, ended up coming back and and becoming an assistant coach at Laguna, and, um, you know, I like to say I think I was kind of in the right place at the right time, the age group program was just taking off and um an opportunity for me to, to coach you know, in the program with Chad Beeler uh, opened up I was assisting at the high school. Um and Chad was great. You know, he kinda really helped put me in a lot of these positions um over time and he uh Chad was coaching at Laguna Beach High School and eventually you know he didn't really want to be the head coach and, and I was helping him and he he helped me kind of put me in a place to to get that job, and I've been at Laguna ever since.
0: Yeah, and I yeah. I actually remember very much you coaching with Chad. I mean, it was really just like a, I mean, I don't I don't remember Chad's brother as much as I do. Right. You know, now in the later years, but it was really just you and him. It seemed like, and um, a lot of people probably see you or view you as a mainly a girls coach but you were coaching age group boys one of the notable guys that i remember is nolan mcconnell um yeah and uh yeah. I, I remember you guys beating us uh the age group program this is like eight9 in yeah, jo's right, right, right. and that sent yeah, us Phillip to the Park high School. yep exactly that sent us to the fifth place <laughs> game and and um yeah i think my brother was coaching that fourth because the jo's were at the same time or something like that yeah. or so um yeah. but yeah i mean so you've been at Laguna. I mean, obviously you were born, you know, you're, you're bred there, you know, you're a Laguna beach right. high school guy. And so yeah. as you've evolved your coaching career there, you've started going into like a, the direction of coaching the girls more than the guys. Uh, now, then recently you came back to coach the the boys. Was there, is there like a reason right. why you did that? Or did, was it just a better fit for you personally?
1: Well, you know, a lot of it had to do with, you know, I think early on, um, you know, first it was, I was young, so it was a lot easier to just grind right year round, I think was was number one. I wasn't married yet. Um, you know, so those things were pretty easy in the early days and I really grew up with that team of, you know, Nolan McConnell and those guys, I coached them in 14s, and then I got the high school job and kind of grew up with those guys. So I had a really incredible bond with, with that group. Yeah. Um, yeah. Specifically, and not that I didn't after that, uh, but during that time I started getting involved in ODP. And um, at, at one point, I became the SOPAC girls' zone head coach and um, kind of just started moving in that direction with girls' national team. Yeah. And just ended up being on the youth team staff and just doing kind of moving my career forward on, on the girls' side. Um, and I think additionally, we were also on the girls' side, you know, kind of always competing at a really, really high level, Division One level. Um, you know, so I think, you know, somewhere throughout that process, it was just becoming too hard to put the right attention into both programs. Yeah. Um, and I had kind of lost a little bit of passion, you know, for doing it all the time, and. Um, so I took some, some time off and from the guys program, I still assisted throughout that time, um, those three years. Um, but I really missed it. You know, yeah. I really missed it a lot. Yeah. And, you know, that was part of the, you know, I, uh, it opened up a couple of years ago and I really wanted to take the job then, the guys program, I mean, um, and I was just in a position where I was coaching all summer with the national team. So I really couldn't, couldn't commit to the team the way they they needed me to, and that's really kind of think what it boiled down to. I didn't think I was doing a, as good of a job as I could. I wasn't yeah. there enough. Yeah. And um, it's but so. I missed it, and I'm and I'm back doing it, and I'm excited to be doing it. It's you know?
0: it's so hard to dedicate like your full energy to both programs. I mean, I don't think people realize how difficult it is. You know, from the outside looking yeah. in, I'm talking parents and even players at at, at on some level you know, everyone's like reaching for your attention. And it's so, so hard to like balance that out. Um, but, you know, you. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, you know better than anyone. You know? Yeah, I just, no, I mean, we, I think
0: I think a lot of us do. You know, you do. I do. I mean, um, and, and as we've gotten older, we've realized the demands that families and programs have on coaches is it's, it's overwhelming, you know, and to get that from both sides, yeah. it's, it's really hard. But I know you have a really strong, small community that has backed you up uh, over the course yeah. of the several years. So that, that's obviously really helpful. And, and winning doesn't hurt the situation right. either, you know? Right. So,
1: yeah. And, uh, and I left out, you know, I was also coaching at set, you know, during that time too, I, I was coaching girls. Um, I was the head coach at 16th. I think I started that in like 2010. Okay. So that definitely also, you know, kind of pushed me more towards that side. Cause then I was with my, my, my girls really because of that year round
2: yeah right yeah Um,
1: between high school and set which is obviously you know as you know kind of the goal right is to be able to kind of coach them throughout the year and so i was able to do that more on the girls so that also you know played played a big
0: part yeah definitely so we'll get it back to like i want to obviously talk about your national team experience and uh the club level because you've done obviously some great things uh with set uh being their technical director on, on the girls side um but I also wanted to ask you, being involved with water polo, and, and I think I'll, I'll just start off by saying I think the audience doesn't realize a lot of the things that you do in the background, you know, running CIF meetings, on the committees, you know, you're on the forefront trying to help make moves and, and do what's best for the coaches and players as a whole. So I think a lot of people don't know that, don't see that, or think you have some ulterior motive behind what you're doing. Um, But so because you see it from all these different angles, you know, what's your feeling about the state of water polo right now? And, you know, do you have some thoughts on high school, college and team USA? Uh, I know that's a, that's a mouthful, but you know, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I I really love high school water polo, you know? Um, I think you, you know that, you know, I've been pretty active, as you said, in, in, um, trying to make sure that it's you know we're moving in the right direction and uh, we've got a great you know I think Christine Pally has been so awesome in, in that sense you know on on for water polo and being you know assistant commissioner and in yeah. charge of that sport she's been great and it's you know definitely a, a coach friendly environment where we do have I just feel like we do have a say in things and that's been been great I I, I personally you know I grew up in Magoon. I love the idea of playing for your your high school team which is something so special um about that and i think southern california is just such an awesome place to, to play high school water polo yeah yeah you know it's, uh you know play if we've been lucky enough to to go to some some semis and some finals and and there's there's nothing like you know semi a division one semi-final or final at at Willett. Yeah. you know there's just you know there's there's nothing like it you know for for a water polo that i know of you know at the high school level and and um, I think that's just so awesome for us. And so I think from a high school standpoint, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're evolving constantly. Um, you know, I think there's not a lot of conflicts for our season, you know. Um, and I think we're really able to kind of hone in during that side on on both the guys and the girls' side. So I think high school waterfall, especially in, in California, is in a great place. You know, I'd love to see the sport aligned, you know, between um, – fall and, and um, winter with, with NorCal and yeah. SoCal. You know, yeah. I'd love to, to see a state championship. I think that's the goal for high school, right? I think we're trying to build towards that right now. So a lot of people kind of frown on the regional tournament, but, you know, that's the goal of that is my my thought behind it is to get a high school championship. So I'd love to see that. Uh, but I, I think high school is in a, in a really good place. Um uh, you know, and I think so. So was so you know, club and collegiate. Really, before all this craziness happened in our lives, um, you know, I think we were in a really good place. Um, you know, where we we got a Division three championship and collegiately right now, and we had more schools at, adding water polo prior yeah. to all of this. Yeah. Um, on the men's side, you know, they have the national league, which I think has just been great for. You know our our pipeline athletes and you know really elite level collegiate and, and post collegiate and even high school players to be able to play you know year round in a in a high level league. I thought that's those things have been great. You know steps forward in my opinion. Um, and then you know I, I've been lucky enough to to witness our whim, our women's team on, on the USA side and you know they're just they're amazing. You know Coach McQuillan's amazing and they're the best in the world for a reason, and, you know, I think we're pretty lucky to have um, them to, like, you know, to model after. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have, in my opinion, the best coach in the world, you know, who opens his doors to to coaches to to learn from him. Yeah. We've got, you know, the best team in the world, you know, in front of us to watch, and I know I personally love watching and stealing their stuff as much as I can. Yeah. Um, I think those are all really great positive things for the sport um you know I'm, all, I'm always kind of a cynic so i've got you know some some thoughts on development and you know fundamentals and those type of things yeah but i think from a broad from a broad perspective i think things are in a good
0: place well you know and it's interesting you say that because you're you know you you spent your time you know, kind of laying the groundwork of your career at that fundamental development level. Right. And so you have seen that side of it. I think a lot of people think, uh, oh, well, you know, he's coaching the 1800 girls at set and he just gets all the best girls and boom, it's just that easy. Obviously, the people who are coaches know that it's never that easy. If it was that easy, right. then shoot, anybody could do it. Um, but what are some of the, I mean, now that you bring it up, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what are some of the things that, you know, fundamentally we could do better, uh, as coaches or what is it that you're looking for in players that come to you, you get players at, you know, 13, 14 years old going into Luna beach high school that are ready for varsity and some that are on the bubble, you know, what are you seeing that's good and bad?
1: Yeah. I mean, gosh, I've been so fortunate. To get the athletes that I had at Laguna from that age group program. I mean, we've had some awesome parent coaches. You yeah, know, yeah, uh, Eric Fisher, an Olympian, and Matt Tingler, and Scott Baldridge, and these guys at uh, Rob Carver, who played at a really high level, that have really, really, really given you know given given me kids with great fundamentals, great fundamentals, yeah. swim background. You know, so with that said, I mean, you know, I think things that I think we, you know, I think we could do a better job of and just even as a, as a country. And I, I've heard other people talk to you about this before. It's just, you know, our, our balance and legs in the water and just, you know, teaching kids the, the proper egg beater at a young age and getting them those proper fundamentals on just being balanced and yeah. moving and, you know, uh, you know, you see these, like, you know, if you go travel to Italy or some of these European countries, and these young kids just have incredible balance and can throw the ball. And we have that, too, for sure. But I think overall, it's not something we spend enough time on, passing, shooting, you know, movement over our hips and mm-hmm. and with our legs, Um you know, so, I, so those are things, you know, strong, strong swim background, strong legs, strong balance, and ability to move in the water. And, you know, those are things I think a, the majority of the really great ones all have, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And my, my kick lately, and it's probably because, you know, we've uh, we been over overseas and just seen how, how phenomenal some of the shooters are. Um, and just trying to get it, get my teams better at shooting and passing and the vertical side of things. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's been my my kick lately, and probably the thing I'm always like saying we need to be better at. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think just the fundamentals, man. I I know Adam talked Adam Perkorean talked about it when he was with you, and trying to make the fundamentals fun. You yeah. know, and at yeah. a young age. Yeah. You know, you've got a young young kid you coached
0: some twelves recently and you know, I think you know, it was I, all about it was all about movement. When I was coaching twelves yeah. last year, yeah. you know, and I was yeah. gonna say, I mean, do you think you know, obviously you gave credit to, you know, some of the 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 players that have come from your area? You know, obviously the 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 names that you mentioned being age group coaches what a phenomenal yeah. coaching staff they have at that at that younger level, uh, very blessed. Right. Uh, and I was coaching against Scott and Eric when Aria was 14 and under. So that was like right. the Mina yes. Simmons, Emma Skelly against Aria yeah, right. and, and Bella right. uh, growing yeah. up. So,
1: for years, yeah. oh yeah, for years. no, definitely, nice yeah.
0: definitely. So, but the other thing I think that gets often overlooked is the benefit of the having kids grow up in the ocean, I mean, yeah. just knowing yeah. how to move in the water is the basic thing that a lot of people don't really get. I mean, not everybody lives by the ocean. You know what I mean? I'm sure that right. I would assume that the girls that you coach grew up on the beach. Is that right? I yeah. mean, pretty yeah, much.
1: Funny, yeah. It's funny to say that because you know when we first, when our girls program first took off, you know Chad Beeler was running the junior guards program. Mm. In the Really, and we got, you know, Yoshi Anderson and uh, Melina Masson and Jesse Holacek and these girls that were, you know, young, um, just little, you know, swim beach beach kids, right? And they, that group really kind of, um, I think Chad got the majority of them from, and I could be wrong on this, but from junior guards, you yeah. know, and some of them had some older, older siblings. Uh, but then Chad and Albie have continued to run, and Albie doesn't live in, in California anymore, but um, have continued to run, you know, beach camps in Laguna. And I think that's been a huge part of getting 10 and under athletes and, you know, young athletes to start at, at an early age and be into the sport. and You know, I think that's a huge part of beach communities being, you know, uh, strong programs. No, it's for it's sure. Around the water.
0: For sure. You know? CDM, Newport, Laguna Beach, San Clemente. I mean, just all the way down the line, you know. So
1: all the way down the coast, right? Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, even in San Diego,
0: right? Yep, so. yep. So, um, you know, I, I kind of want to talk about some of the experiences that you've had at Laguna Beach High School, the ups and the downs. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was, we were sort of in the middle of coaching, like against each other during that really long winning streak. And I I remember when that whole thing, you know, when it ended, you know, and obviously everybody's like, the world's going to explode because (laughs) the the streak ended. Um, Right. That was like, I I would assume that's kind of like one of the things that, uh, you know, not a low point, but that's something that's probably, you know, was on your mind. But what is the mindset that you have going into? I mean, you, you know, you're kind of like modern day with Chris Sagisman, you know, winning over a hundred games you know, what is the mindset going into something like that? Um, And granted, and I don't know if you would agree with this, 75% of the games are probably, you know, you're going to win no matter what, you know, like, you know, you got those games, but you get probably like 20 to 25% of games where you're like, okay, this is going to be a tough game. What are you talking to the girls about? What are you, what are you guys talking about during that time? Um, Yeah getting you through that?
1: You know, it's interesting. I don't think we talked very, very much about that. You know, yeah. um, it, it was such a quick turnaround, Steve. You know, we went, we went from kind of being like crawling at, at the top group and trying to get our way. You know, we were making semis and we were, you know, taking teams to overtime and, in Division One, and we were, you know, kind of knocking on the door. And then I think, you know, we, we lost the quarterfinal game in 2013. It was like one of the first times we hadn't made a semi. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, 2014 we lost one game. 2015 we were uh, undefeated. And, you know, I think same thing in 2016. And, and it just kind of happened really fast, to yeah. be honest with you. You know, I don't, I don't really – you know, we – I was – you know, I, I'm such a paranoid coach. You know, I was preparing – you know, we might have – you might look at them and say, oh, you're going to beat that team 75% of the time. I still acted like we were going to – you know, every game was really important and probably stressed my players out too often when I didn't really (laughs) need to. Yeah. Uh, You know, so we just still kind of had that, like, grind it out mentality. Like, we're still the underdogs and we're – you know, I think we still – I don't really remember – the transition of that change yeah. It has changed. You know, it has changed for sure. Um, but it all happened really fast. And when we lost that game, you know, we had to lose. We were going to lose at some point. You know, and I don't think, you I mean, that season was, was not about like losing a game that year. It, that really didn't matter to me. You know, I think, um, you know, it's kind of, more about just like trying to get back to doing things the right way. And I think we kind of lost our way at some point there. Yeah. Like we just weren't really, we weren't really doing things behind the scenes the right way. And, and it showed in the water, you know?
0: And you uh, also, I mean, obviously you also had the loss of Aria Fisher, who was decided to not play her junior year, which is unbelievable. Right. <laughs> She's not playing her junior year right. <laughs> to go to the Olympic games in 2016 what was that a
1: lot of people don't yeah a lot of people you know i don't think for maybe they don't forget it i don't forget it we were you know that was uh i think with with aria that would have been a fun fun year she was playing you know obviously so so well at at the time um you know and she you know i remember i remember her coming to me and telling me um, her decision and you know she had had such a great summer that summer and, you know, she wanted gold medal with the junior team and she had been training with the senior team and she was just getting stronger and she was so determined, yeah. you know, that it was just like, how do you tell this kid you can't do it, you know? Yeah. And I think even if somebody did, I think she would even have just proved them wrong anyway, you know? Um, so as a high school coach, I was, of course, disappointed from that standpoint to lose you know a leader and continue what we had been doing and you know that was a hard day and just kind of wrapping my mind around that selfishly uh, but i knew it was an amazing opportunity for Arya, right and yeah. to train with her sister and have an opportunity to to make the team so it was you know i was 100 percent you know behind it you know i don't a, a lot of talks with with eric during the time eric fisher and and but I was 100%, you know, behind her in that, in that goal. I think I've always kind of, you know, seen that for my athletes that are, like, have, you know, bigger goals that, you know, my job is really try to do the best I can while they have them and then, you know, push them to, to wherever they want to go. And so if we had national team athletes, it was always, hey, whatever you need, right, go, go do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, yeah. Even, even if it means you know, losing an entire season, uh, you know, I don't know what she was thinking, you know, going for an Olympic gold medal and we could have won another CIF championship. <laughs> that is pretty, pretty yeah. selfish of her Yeah. I yeah. mean, no, I'm, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> but I mean, like, when, when, I, she, you know, it, when she comes yeah. up to you, you know, yeah. when she comes up to you and tells you this, she hasn't made the team yet. No. So no. she's like, this no. is like, a young, fifteen a or sixteen-year-old. Oh my gosh, you know? that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, so you're yeah, in your I mind, you're probably, traveled. in your mind, you're probably thinking, wait a second, like you really think you're going to make this team? I mean, that had to have crossed your mind, in some yeah, way. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And I, you know, I thought about, and I'm sure she did too, about like what does it look like if she doesn't? Like, how is she going to react if she doesn't make? This? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think she's such a strong person that, you know, I think in my mind I just believed that she was going to go for it. She was going to leave it all out there. And, you know, if it didn't work out, like, she would come back harder yeah. and stronger. Yeah. You know, and, and um, you know, as, as she would have told me in September that she was going to make the team, I would have been a little you know you know surprised but you know those girls never really surprised me too much they're pretty amazing right they just kept taking steps and moving at a, at a rate that that other athletes don't do that yeah they don't progress too fast
2: yeah I
0: you mean know, they're so, special so watch those two athletes
1: do they're special yeah. they're special so you know and um, it was it was a special thing to have her and you know get to be a part of a part of that.
0: yeah and so you know during the you know you had both of them Mackenzie and aria uh during one time, and i would I would imagine you know I remember Eric and I'm gonna shout out Eric right now. I just remember him yelling at Aria <laughs> just over and over during age group, I'm talking you know, like I would just remember yeah, him right. yelling her name, and uh he was very demanding it was you know obviously he was a great player as well, um Olympian. Yeah. You know, how are you managing – because all coaches that are listening, they all have a player, maybe not at the caliber of an Arya Fisher or McKenzie or, you know, like guys that I had, like – or you, Nolan McConnell, these really special players. How are you managing egos at that time? What what position are you putting them in so that you don't have to look like you're playing favorites? Because uh, there has to be the chatter – by the parents. Oh, yeah. he Arya can do whatever she wants. So, yeah, I I'm sure yeah. you've <laughs> heard that a million yeah. times. But yeah how did you yeah. make it so that she couldn't do whatever you know what I mean? Like how did you manage that?
1: Gosh, you know, that's a great question. Um, I think I've been really lucky to have players like you know, I had Annika Dries in my first year as a head coach. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know Olympian amazing leader, amazing person, you know. Um, Taylor Dodson was in that class who was coaching right now, Nolan McConnell, um, you know, these players, I think those guys helped me, you know, um, you know, and they, they helped me kind of know how to deal with an elite athlete and also helped me just want to be better, you know, really pushed me to just want to be a better, better coach and, and I think with a lot of them and one of the reasons that they're great is it wasn't hard to get them to buy into a team aspect you know um, that wasn't a difficult sell to any of those players and, and Mackenzie and Aria were, were never never really like that I mean I think they were always team team players yeah they, they like to score and they yeah. you know they're aggressive you know they, they want the ball in their hands but you know not in a selfish manner um, more in a I believe in myself manner
2: you yeah, know yeah
1: um, but they brought the level of the people around them up and and just going back to your point, I think one of the things is I didn't really you know I've been really lucky in my program that, you know over the years I haven't really I haven't really had to deal with a lot of people saying that stuff they've said it at least I haven't gotten. Gotten yeah. to me, yeah. and and even if they don't, I really don't give. I don't really don't give a crap. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. Um, we know that we're trying to do something special together, and I think getting kind of going back to your point, you know, we we were all we really we, a lot of these kids have grown up together, so we we put a lot of emphasis on just being a family, and and I know you, you've done the same in your programs, and 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 wanting to play for the person next to you, and so when you have these kids. They were playing with their best friends. Yeah, maybe they played on a national team. They, you know, they did other stuff. But these are their, their the kids they've grown up with, right? They're their best friends. And so getting them to buy into playing as a great teammate, it was never hard. Never yeah. hard. Yeah. You know?
0: um, and so, yeah. you know, you know, that kind of is a good segue into the club aspect of things because, you know, you are – in a unique situation where someone like myself, I've always been a big believer in just everybody play together year round. That's what I think, you know, you are in a position where you are allowing people to come in and play with your girls and, and other girls, you know, so you're kind of, I mean, I don't want to say all-star team, but you're getting players from everywhere and you're making the best team you could make at the 18 under level, 16 under level as well. Sure. Yeah. So how is how is that, you know, how does that work for you? Like, um, yeah. I mean, this is like, so, it must be so difficult because you're wearing those different hats. You got USA over here. You got Laguna beach over here. You got set over here. Hey, yeah. I'm coaching this girl who I'm going to have to play against or coach against later yeah. on, but I got to make her better right now. How how do you detach yourself from Laguna Beach during that time? Or what's the mindset, I guess?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, really, it, it didn't start off, um, you know, when, when we first started at Laguna, I really thought, you know, we needed to have a just Laguna club, you know. Um, we were so small, though, and we didn't have any pool space. And so, meanwhile, you know, our girls were playing at set, I wasn't coaching there at the time, you know, um, and, you know, Brad and Trevor Rodine at the time were, you know, obviously doing a great job at, at set, and there's, like you said, kind of a super club, all-star team, um, and I remember talking to Dave Carlson, who was coaching 1,800 boys at SoCal at the time, right, you remember that, when he was yeah, doing yeah. Um, 80 boys and and he kind of brought up to me how he enjoyed the challenge of putting those personalities together, you know, and that sounded really fun to me. You know, it's, it was appealing. I'd done some ODP stuff where I'd had kind of, the, you know, the best kids um, together. I did some stuff with the guys and the girls early on. It, it seemed like a fun thing. And, uh, I mean, obviously, so I, I went and coached at, at set and, um and and you know I think that that was that was kind of my focus early on, right? It Was just like, okay, here's the challenge. You've got kids from all over. Like, how can you put them together? Yeah. You know, to make to make them, you know, really really dominant. And as it grew, I think as I grew and did more with the national team and Laguna got better and set got better, and, uh, it definitely got harder. Uh, I think it's hard. I think it's really hard to. Sometimes I don't like it, you know, sometimes I don't like having so many hats. Yeah. And um, sometimes I envy, you know, the programs that are just focusing on their club um, all the time, you know, or their set athletes all the time that they have year round. I think that's great. And I think that model really, really works. Um, but I've been really fortunate to coach some great athletes because of my involvement with clubs. Yeah. That I wouldn't have been able to coach if I wasn't a club coach. And I think that's been something that's just been really awesome. It's just like the uh, opportunity to work with someone like, you know, comes out Bailey Weber comes to the top of my mind, yeah. you know, who, yeah. who would drive 45 minutes, uh, you know, every night just to come train, you know, and play and play. at sad. And, or, you know, we had a girl, Sarah Nichols at UCI right now. She would drive from Palm desert uh, to come, come train twice a week. at that. And, you know being able to train kids like that that are like that are really hungry and maybe maybe they're not getting the same thing some of our high school kids are getting um, and so being able to like help help those kids has i think been a huge huge part of my enjoyment at set and you know one of the reasons i've i've you know, i think we've had um, a good amount of success, and I think those athletes have had a good amount of success
0: yeah yeah so you see like the opportunity. When you see a player like a Bailey Weber, um, you see her as an opportunity, almost like a coaching development thing. Like you're you're going you're going, OK, I'm going to have the opportunity to coach this player, this really good player. What are you? Obviously, I know what you're trying to give her in terms of like making her the best player she could be. But what if, if you could answer this, this might be a hard question, but what do you think yeah. you're trying to get out of them? When, when a player, because, you know, you had no interaction with yeah. Weber really before she came to set. Maybe a little bit on the youth team, and we'll get into all that yeah. stuff as well. But, right. like, right. what are you trying to get out of the the player, or what can a coach get out of the players uh, when they come and sort of assemble a group like that?
1: Well, gosh, I mean, I think there's a lot of things. I mean, I think, I think coaching, you know, I, I really enjoy coaching players that really want to. Get better, and, and there's a number of them that are out there. And Bailey was just a great example of that. I'm just such a hungry, yeah, athlete. So that, that's a fun thing to, in my opinion, to coach a player like that. And I think you learn from them, and I think you know they push you, you know, and um, you you don't get them all the time. So like when you do, when you do have a chance to coach them, it's exciting and it's new and it's fresh, and hopefully you're teaching them something new or helping them improve on something new and. Um. You know, I I also think it's so beneficial. It's been so beneficial for my high school athletes to play against other really talented players every night at practice. Yeah. You know, and I think so. We've had a great, great combination at Laguna with being able to, you know, we train year-round together. And I think we're pretty tight group together throughout the course of the year. And Then we can also train with other players and play with other players and get that, High level training and competition every night mm-hmm. that you might not get, um, if you're just training against each other, depending on kind of the year and your depth, uh, on your team, right? Um, and so I think it's been beneficial to the athletes and to the coaches and hopefully to those kids that have come and played. I think it has been, um, I look at it as just kind of a win on, on all ends. And, you know, we, it was, it's funny, you know, we got, you, you go and you coach against, um, those players i even think you know last year you know sophie wallace was on uh, a cdm and you know i love sophie she's you know played with me for a few years at at set and you know we had to play her like four times last year yeah yeah um, and, and uh that was i thought that was great i thought that was fun and i was proud that you know that i got to be a part of her her development or any of those kids development really
0: yeah yeah no it's definitely a, a unique challenge and i always you know, I, I spoke to uh, Brian Cruz Camp. you know, and he sort of has the same model, you know, where they're all kind of getting together and playing. And I always wondered how difficult or how, you know, cool it would be to just have 20 girls in the water that are just all really good night in yeah. and night out, you, you're you kind of like, right. it's kind of like, you know, I just watched a documentary on the 92 Olympic basketball team about how like the scrimmages are some of the best games ever played in, you know, um, right. I would imagine right. that something similar like that of, of just being Absolutely. able to like see creativity organically happen, you know, when you're not familiar. I think that's a, that's an interesting approach. I definitely think it, it, it works for some, maybe not for all, but I definitely think it works. Right. So, yeah, and
1: it's you know, it's, like you said, it's not for all. I mean, it can be pretty competitive, right? So there's a lot of people out there. So it's, uh, there's definitely the the negatives to to some of those positives. Yeah, I
0: yeah. I mean, I would imagine that one of the one of the negatives would be like if one of my high school athletes was not getting the playing time, right? That that could right. cause a problem. You know, I think that's one of the things that always steered me away from that. You know, it's just like how do I justify? this person not playing or or do i not how do i do i want to justify, you know do i want to go down that path really you know or do i want to just yeah or do i just want to give everybody the opportunity like that's it's very very tough but they know what they're getting into it's not like they're blind to what's what's happening you know so and so that that mentality i would assume has helped you with your with your usa position in terms of being able to see talent, you know, from a different perspective and piecing together a team, what has your USA experience been like? You've been uh, the youth, on the youth team staff for the last eight years. Um, you know, you've been the head coach of the youth team and you've worked with the senior team. So how difficult is that? I mean, I, I was on the zone team. You know, I did the whole head coaching of the SOPAC zone You know, I actually, I actually picked Nolan McConnell, you know, when he was 14, 15, Garrett Danner, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy, but tell us about that. Like, what's it like being in that position?
1: I love it. I mean, I love it. Um, You know, I, I, when I first started with, you know, I first started with ODP, uh, Guy Baker and. Um, Kim Everest for running it, yeah, and, you know, I really, really, really learned a ton about coaching, I think, during that time, and, um, you know, practice planning, and, and fundamentals, you know, and, um, and then on top of that, I was, just, it was really cool, it was kind of the first time I got to, to coach, you know, that kind of like an all-star group, you know, and, all these kids and you know, on that team. You had, you know, Rachel Fatal was, was on our zone team. And, um, I'm trying to think of some of the, some of the other ones, Elise Williams was on that team. And, uh, but like a lot of really hungry, you know, national team caliber athletes. And it was just a lot of fun to be around people like that, yeah. you know, that really want to improve and, and get better. And <clears throat> I think, through my experience on on the youth team, you know, I've gotten to be around some great coaches, you know, Um, I learned a ton, you know, Marcelo Leonardi was the youth coach. Um, It was me, myself, and and, and then Coralie Simmons is at Cal. I learned so much from those guys. And, you know, on that team you had Mackenzie Fisher and Jordan Rainey and Maddie Musselman and, um, you know, Carly Capana, and, you know, there's, uh, Mary Brooks, and Brianna DeBoe. Amazing athletes to Aria, obviously. um uh, to play, to, to watch play and learn from them. Um, I feel like I'm so lucky that I was a part of that stuff. Yeah. I, it's, I really feel like it helped me. As a coach, and I really, right now, as as the head coach, you know, I, obviously there's things I think I gotta do better, and you know, in terms of finding the right people, and training the right way. But right now, you know, I, you know, in this last, you know, round with with the youth team, and even before that, I was just, I really love going to to train. You know, I love getting to work with girls. um, that, that love waterfall.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and want to get better. Um, So, so that's just been a really a fun, positive thing for me, I think.
0: And I would assume that, you know, you probably didn't get into it with this thought, but it probably gives you a tremendous amount of credibility coming back to Laguna Beach High School and kind of saying, like, look, yeah. like, like, this is the way it needs to be done if you yeah. want to be this good it has to be done like this. So I I would assume that alone is worth, you know, forget, forget all the, the stuff you learn. I mean, just the credibility with your team is probably huge.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, I think it helped, you know, and just, it helped, you know, gave me experience, which is that I think in turn gave, like you said, gave some credibility. Um, And I think through all these little experiences, um, you know, I think I've, like I've gained some, some respect, you know, throughout the community, which I really appreciate um but definitely not something that was really in the forefront of my mind yeah. in that sense. Yeah. You know? It's been I, trust me, I like it, I love it, I you know, I'm I, I enjoy I enjoy being out in front, I enjoy being a head coach, those are things I like. Um, I'd be lying if I say I said I I didn't enjoy the attention. Yeah. Um I think it's it's great it's great. Um but I think overall I've just I feel really, really, really fortunate um that I did it. I think a lot of people have done it and not stuck it out and I think, you know I did it and I worked hard and I've really you know, I've gotten a lot of the benefits from, from that hard work.
0: You know, I, I agree and I think it's true that a lot of people can get jaded by the process, you know. Um Yeah. You know, it's 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 not easy and, and I think your life has to be positioned in a way where You know, your spouse, your partner has to be on board. Um, Your family has to be on board. I mean, everybody has to sort of be supportive of what you're trying to accomplish or what you're trying to do because it's such an incredible grind. I mean, you're, uh, I mean, I remember watching you at any JOs that I go to, you're on the bench for 16s, 18s, B team. And at yeah. the same time, you have your USA water polo hat on trying to see who, hey, who's the diamond in the rough? Who did I miss out on? Yeah. I think that's a really yeah. difficult, you know, position to be in. And I mean, in all honesty, you know, you mentioned this earlier, you know, you're kind of envious of the people who just have like the one or two hats. I mean, one of the reasons why I'm now where I am is because I wanted to wear one hat. I didn't want right. to wear 10 hats anymore. It's just it's just yeah. too much, you know? So. Yeah. Um, but you know that kind of leads me into a question and I honestly I don't know why I want to ask this question and you <laughs> yeah. don't have to a- answer this I'm question scared, I'm scared now. no you don't I'm have scared. to answer this question but <laughs> what is your dream job what is it yeah. what is ultimately where Ethan D'Amato wants to end up that's,
1: oh, that's such a great question um you know I go back and forth Steve a lot on what level I want to be at? I really like high school a lot. I mean, I just really like um, being a part of of the development. Uh, obviously, I haven't experienced that on the collegiate side. I know it's a different part of development. Yeah. Um, I think probably ultimately the, the dream the dream would be to to be a part of a, of a team that that wins an Olympic gold medal. Um, I think that that's that's the ultimate dream for me um on a on like a permanent coaching job, I think just going back to what you said, you know I'd really love to have a job where I just wore one hat and you know, i'm I'm you know home at six o'clock, the majority of the of the year, you know or six thirty and not coaching till late at night and on too many weekends um I don't know what, what is there a job like that in the waterfall <laughs> world? I don't know. So I, I um, yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm. I'm. You know, you talked about it. I've been running a pretty, pretty tough coaching life, and I'm. You know, it's it's burning me out at times for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be completely honest with you. So while I love everything that I'm doing right now, I know that. You know that I'm gonna feel the same way you're feeling at some point here, if not pretty soon. And um, you know, I've been really lucky that my wife has been so supportive of all of these things that I do. Um, Yeah, I'd like to have. I think the dream is, you know, to wear to wear one hat where I can um, maybe maybe fill these all of these boxes where I can be competitive. And run a program and help develop, you know, young student athletes uh, into hopefully better, better people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think what's important to note on what you're saying, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think what's important to note is that you're talking about, you know, wearing that one hat, not necessarily in a different location, but and and I think this is the problem with coaching in general, especially water polo coaching is the reason, one of the reasons you have to do what you do is because you got to make the money to live. And so, you know, part of that is like, Hey, if you were making everything that you needed to make from one place, right. you're good. I mean, you know you don't need to do anything else, you know? And so, you know, like, I, I think that is the really important piece for coaches in general is like, trying to find a position that is going to take care of you long term that's the hard part you know and I think that's you know and not to get too personal on myself but that's where I'm at now and you ask you know right. is there a job like that well there there are right. you know and everybody who's right. at you know Chris right. Oding I'm sure he could tell yeah. you for hours why he's at Long Beach City College you know I could tell yeah. you for hours why I'm now at College of Marin and Sergio Macias right. at Cerritos you know it just on and on and on. It's like, that's it, you know? Um, and uh, it's just so few and far between. And it's, it's sad because we burn really good coaches at both ends of the candle so fast. Um, yeah. And it's like, geez, if you were getting paid, however much money you needed, imagine if you could just focus on one thing, you know, like, geez, Louise, ima- you know, I, I always used to think that like, imagine if I just coached this one group. How good could we really be, you know? So it's it's a it's right. tough position to be in, but um, that's sort of my small rant on what I would do to change the world of water polo. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right. You know, what, <laughs> yeah. what would you change in the world of water polo if you could?
1: Uh, don't get me started, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I think I really like, I think we've got some, you know, I'm really fortunate to be around some really passionate, you know, strong people that are moving our game, you know, forward um, in the right direction. So I think on an overall, you know, I, I even just think of like, right now we're in this really tough time and you look at guys like uh, Jack Coker and Brian Flax who are like, you know, doing professional development for for coaches and trying to help build our our culture and Yourself putting, putting together these type of, you know, podcasts for coaches to listen to and be better the sport. You know, I think these are all great, great things that I think are, I think we're, we're, we're in a place right now and you've been in it for a while where there's a lot of people around us that care a lot. Um, and I think that's great. Um, you know, I think it's probably my, my biggest thing that I, I, I really have a hard time with is We say that our sport is the hardest sport to play. And I, and I think, I think it is. I think it's the best sport. You know, I love it for many reasons. But then we, we tell our kids they gotta play nine games in three days. Yeah. Or, or four games in a day. You know, and I think that's, I think we, we play too much. I think we play, I think in events, we play too many games. And I think we play too many games in a day in an event. I think sometimes we just play too many games in general you know um the were, you know that's one of the reasons i love high school right is you the amount of games per training is very balanced yeah um, three saturdays you know, a year
0: yeah. three saturdays a season yeah. basically
1: that's that's right you know and, and sure there's some points of the season right where you're grinding you've got games you know pretty close to each other but um you know, I think if, if I could change one thing, and I and I know it's not an easy change. I think we, I think we play too much, and I think sometimes we play kids, kids playing too many games at the same, you know, same day, different levels. I I don't know that that's good for our athletes. Yeah. Long-term.
0: Yeah. So would you like, would you like the CIF model? like, hey, you're playing, here's the big tournament, Let, let's just say JOs, and I'm totally just making this up on the fly, right. here's JOs, right. first round, Wednesday, second round, Saturday, you made it to the semis, yeah. you're playing Wednesday, you made it to the final, you're playing on Saturday again, make it like yeah. this big community, now obviously travel, and all the, let's just forget all that for a second, but
1: yeah, right. All the logistics. Yeah, I mean, is that what you is that what you're
0: talking right. about? Like, okay, let's let's be in a yeah. tournament, but let's only play one game per day. I mean, is that reasonable?
1: Yeah, maybe it's not one. Maybe it's maybe two is the is reasonable. You know, um, I mean, you've been around where you have you know, you're at here, it's July fifteenth and it's like six p.m. and it's one hundred and fifteen degrees. Yeah. Yeah. norco high school and your kids are getting in the water for their third game of the
0: day yeah well one of the so reasons now, why i started the the summer series which you've been a part of and set's been a part of right. and lagunas was right. because of that because i'm like i want right. to be done by one o'clock like right. oh, let's just forget the advancement games let's just set up right. three games or two games and let's be done like that was the reason why i did that whole thing for the last right. 15 years you know because i yeah. just hated yeah. that
1: so going back to that yeah, so going back to that question about JOs, and I agree with you. Right? I don't, I'm not JOs necessarily, like you said, you just threw that out there. But but yeah, I think I don't know how that would work. Um, but yeah, I think that for me, you know, I think that we, I think we play too many games in a day and too many games in an event. So finding a way to have some balance, whether it's like a one-two-one scenario or, you know, some you know. Two two one one or I don't know. Um, and sometimes teams at JO's, right, do do have that, right? Or if you win, you you don't play a ton yeah. of games. But yeah. if you lose one game on day one and you want to get back in, I think you've got nine games to do
2: it, Yep. right? Yep.
1: And that's fun. That's a fun fun road. But it's, uh, I don't know, I don't think JO's is, is a problem by any means itself. But I do think you know for our athletes for our sport, I think that's something that i i would I would change um, personally
0: yeah that's a really interesting perspective, and I think it just comes down to you know some somebody listening that's a math person that can figure out tournament schedules that fit well with the certain number of games and times that the coaches want i've I've said this to so many coaches it's like Sometimes it feels like us as coaches, we're helpless, but the reality is we're the ones driving the boat, you know, we're the ones who should really be advocating for this. And if people don't listen, we need to insist, you know what I mean? Like, I think we do have the power to do that. So, uh, I have a couple more questions, uh, before I let you go. I know you're, I know you got a lot going on, but, um,
1: (laughs) yeah, terribly busy right now
0: <laughs> so who who have been your uh your biggest mentors or influences in your career
1: yeah, yeah um i really have i really had a lot i think you know, going back just to the beginning i played for rick scott at laguna beach um who's just been a great you know he was my high school coach me- mentor for me first guy that hired me um you know, and, and kind of to this day, someone that I still talk to—I I got to coach his son, which was which was great. Um, you know, Rick's stepfather was Monty Nitzkowski, um, and I was really lucky to um, have the, the few you know conversations that I was able to have with him. You know, throughout my early coaching career, and just kind of having him around. His grandson was on my team. Um, you know, I. I don't know if you, you went to the camp of champions, but I, I did early on. So I always looked up to Monty that from the beginning. And and obviously I think he was, it was great just having him in my, in a little bit of my life as a coach. Yeah. Uh, I I played for Terry Bowen at Cuesta. Uh, he was, he was just an awesome, awesome guy that I think really believed in, in me, which was, which was great. Um, and then I think just like recently in my o d p experience I talked about some of the coaches that I was able to coach with through that you know i I really learned a ton from you know those people guy baker Kim everest uh Marcello leonardi um Cora Lee I'm currently coaching with andrew silva and and uh Sorella kay they've been they've been great you know those have been people that have been really fun to work with i've lately you know, I've just had the pleasure of being around Adam Kakorin and, um, being able to sit on the, on the bench with him a little bit, watch his practices. You know, I think I said this earlier. Um, I think he's the best coach in the world. And, you know, I, I have a ton of respect for the way he not only like coaches tactics, but that, you know, uh, runs, a, runs a team. And I've been really lucky to, to be able to kind of have him, you know, be mentored by him and um you know have have him around and yeah uh, it's been great and you know i've I've also had a great relationship with with John Abdu through this whole thing who's you know been been a big part of of my my process and yeah you know, and lastly you know, Brad Schumacher had said has just been a big you know, he's been really big big just kind of believer and advocate of me, and uh i know i mentioned a lot of people, but I feel like there's been a lot of people that I really
0: have helped me get get to this point yeah it's it's really difficult to get to where you are in your career without a ton of people and I, I just want to go back to Adam Krikorian for a second Yeah, the thing that yeah. I'm most impressed with with Adam is that the guy will sit I he ran I ran into him right after I announced that I was leaving Olu and I went to the holiday yeah. cup to watch I think they were playing you actually I think Olu was playing you guys yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, we just sit and talk for like 45 minutes, like just talking, not, not even about polo, just whatever. Yeah. He's just such a great ambassador for the sport. He came to my office, sat with me to do my podcast for like two hours. Like, yeah. you know, and that was like in between a practice, you know, it was like, oh, well, I got to be back to low Sal for this. And it's like, who does that? It's like Phil Jackson or like some, you know professional football coach coming over and doing that it's like he's so accessible that it just i i don't think people realize how lucky we are to have someone like that in that position um yeah. and and i i only say that i can't say the same about the men's coach because i don't know him as well although Dayon has been very nice to me and he's been very accessible to me yeah. i i just see adam more because of you know we cross paths a little bit more but um yeah, I mean, he, he's, he is an amazing guy. He's an amazing person, amazing coach for sure. So um, what, final question, yeah. what advice would you give to yourself? Or what advice would you give to a person starting off in your position back when you started? But mainly, what would you tell yourself if you can go back in time?
1: Oh, God. Those are, those are slightly different because I'm such a jerk that I would tell myself a lot of,
0: don't coach, get out right now <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh I would just tell myself i mean mostly I would just tell myself to shut up yeah. um, in many ways uh um but I think you know i I would kind of go back to i i had some great i think one of the big things I would say is like put you know put in the work you know and and lead lead by example. Would kind of just be like the main things that I would want to tell a young coach or tell myself. Like, I feel like those were things that really helped me succeed. Um, and I just remember looking at, you know, I was, when I first started coaching on the girl side, I was looking at Coach Barnett and Aaron Cheney and Walsh and Mike Sol and these guys that were, you know, to me were like at the top, right? And, and I just remember just watching them, you know, and just watching them and wanting to do what they did, you know. And, um, and most of what I saw was like, they were just, they, they were prepared yeah, and they, yeah. they did the work, you know? And, and so I felt like if I wanted to be at that level, I had to, I had to do that work, you know? Um, so if I could, you know, if I could say, you know, that was something that was really good, that I, or a positive thing, to for coaches to do, and you know, find find the really great coaches and emulate what what they're doing and try to try to follow their lead. <laughs> myself, gosh, Steve, I would tell myself so many things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you know it's really funny. You know, was it, uh, Matt Swanson who said, you know, listen to yourself on video. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Was that, was that him? Yep. Oh my God. Yep. I still can't, I still can't listen to myself on video. Uh, I turned the video down. So I think that was a great, that was a great one. You know, um, uh, I, I think, I think in general, like I said I said earlier, jokingly sh- shut up, but I just think, you know, just be calm, be calmer if I could go back. Yeah. Um, uh, be calmer argue less don't be such a jerk all the time um, i think i'm still I'm still working on that on a, on a daily daily yeah,
0: i mean we i think we all know and i think that's all really good advice i mean i think we all are jerks when it comes in but <laughs> but the truth is i mean you you and i as 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 much as we have these pleasantries right now when you and i are in the same room and talking you would yeah. think that we've been friends for a long time. If right. you watched right. us coach against each other, <laughs> yeah, right. we, it would almost look like we we're going to fight. Like we're, we're about yeah. to fight. And I think when it comes down to it, when I reflect back on those battles that we had, yeah. I, I always think to myself, we we're fighting for our kids, you know, we're fighting yeah. for our kids and that's really all it came down to. It wasn't about yeah. you. It wasn't about me. Yeah. It was about the players in the water And we wanted what was best for them. And I mean, you know, I think however we're perceived from the outside looking in, I love having, you know, I I loved having you on the podcast, just like I love having the other coaches on the podcast, because it gives a real window into like who the person actually is and what they're trying to accomplish. You know, we're not in this for, I mean, you're not making a million dollars unless you, unless you're doing something I don't yeah. know about, <laughs> you know, you're not making a million yeah, bucks. Yeah. You're doing it because they you wish. love it. You didn't get any more money winning CIF. Maybe you got a little, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, right. It, right. you know, that's not what the point is. The point is that you're doing it because you love it. You love influencing and sort of like mentoring young men and women. And I think that's, what's important. So, you know, I, like I said, in the beginning, I have a ton of respect for you. Like, I've always watched you from afar. I mean, we've coached against each other for so long. Um, and now that I'm outside of it and sort of looking in, it's easier to have these types of conversations because like you just admire all the hard work that you put in. So um, I'm sure you're going to achieve that dream, that ultimate dream that you want. And I just, I really can't thank you enough for, for being on the podcast and contributing uh, what you have to, to this sort of movement that we're doing.
1: Yeah, Steve, it was a blast. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm stoked we were able to do it. I know we we talked really early on um, about doing it, and we talked earlier. I think you mentioned it on a, at a CIS meeting, right? When you first thought thought of it, you were my first.
0: It. You were my f- gonna. You could have been my first guest, basically. <laughs> and then and then Dave uh-huh. Carlson. I asked Dave, and then Dave. Yes. You know, we set it up quick, yes. and I think part yeah. of it was like we were still coaching against each other. Like we're still yeah. like, hey, like. I uh, you know, we're we're talking yeah, I think, like you know,
1: I, I really wanted to do it. I really did. I think it's great. I, I think we need more of this, you know. I think what you're doing for the sport I think is is fantastic. I think we need to share more. I think we gotta continue to grow the sport and you know, I really appreciate you having me on. I, I've I've learned a ton from the coaches who have come on the show with you and really enjoyed it and you know, enjoyed the conversation today. And, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm all in for this for this movement of Trying to do what we can to to better the sport.
0: For sure. Well, thanks again, and I'll, I'll see you on the pool deck, man.
1: Yeah, thank you, Steve.